C. diff spores and more is brought to you in part by Rebiotics, Microbiota Restoration Therapy. Welcome to C. diff spores and more with your host, Nancy Kerala. We are here to discuss C. diff, healthcare associated infections, and other related healthcare topics. Now, here's your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome to the program, and we welcome our listeners joining us today. We'd like to take this opportunity to thank our sponsor, Rebiotics, a farming pharmaceutical company, for their generous support. You can find more about their microbiome research and clinical trials at www.rebiotix.com. Com. It's a pleasure to introduce our guest today. We have uh, our guest host is Ron Romano, RN, and Ron has a unique experience and education background um, that has his role as president and CEO of SafetyNet. And we also have our special guest today, Jennifer Robke, who is our founder and owner of Germ Free Company, has been a registered nurse since 1998. And a United States Navy veteran and was in the United States Army Nurse Corps officer. And Jennifer has been in the medical sales industry since 2002, working with numerous leading medical device companies and playing a key role in clinically launching several of the most life-challenging implantable cardiac devices. And right now, we thank them both for being with us today as we are here to discuss disinfection solutions from community to hospital and beyond. So let's start the program and welcome both Ron and Jennifer. Hi, Nancy. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much, Jennifer. Um, Ron, are you there? I'm here. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Jen, can you hear Ron? Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Great. We're all all connected. And this is good news. And right now, we are, you know, Ron, you have a great background in infection prevention also. Um, Would you like to start it off? Sure. I'd love to, Nancy. And and thanks a lot. It's it's great to be on your program again. It's uh it's it's always a lot of fun and and very educational. So I appreciate uh the the time with you. Um and uh Jen, welcome to the to the program. Uh uh you and I have talked quite a bit back and forth and uh we we should uh, go ahead and and get started because I think this is going to be very educational and and again, um you know, some some good uh, good information that's, uh, that's easy to, to implement and use. So let's go ahead and get started. Uh, Jen, um, tell me, uh, what are some of the different ways uh, that you can acquire C. diff, and why is C. diff so hard to kill? You know, that is a great question, Ron. There's a couple ways that you can acquire C. diff. Basically, just by touching a contaminated surface meaning that if you come in to contact with a surface like a counter or a bathroom sink and it was touched by someone who's diagnosed with C. diff, you can, you know, contract C. diff that way. Also, C. diff is very active in hospitals. Healthcare workers can contract it if the right protocols aren't put in place. Um, When you go into the hospital, sometimes as a patient, you're put on really high-dose antibiotics and... When you're put on those high-dose antibiotics, you get rid of the good and the bad, basically, bacteria. And what that does is allow the bad bacteria to grow, and then it creates a spore. So that's an active C. diff. So you can get it in the hospital. You can get it out of the hospital. You can acquire it from somebody who is infected with C. diff. There's multiple ways. Okay, great. So um, do, you, do you typically have to be... Um, you know, not like immune suppressed or, you know, or, you know, I guess being, you know, if you're already ill and in the hospital, you have a greater chance of uh, acquiring C. diff. Correct. You don't have to be immune suppressed. I mean, a healthy person's chance of, you know, getting C. diff is very small, but you can get it from somebody who is infected. Um, What happens is, is basically it's a spore and spores can be transferred from surface to surface. Okay. And they, they can also be airborne as well, can't they? Correct. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Um, is, it, is it true that most uh, or 
a good amount of C. diff is considered to be a community acquired, that it, it, they, people bring it in when they come to the hospital? So, that is good. so basically, I think all pathogens can start in the community. Um, they can start in the community. They can develop in the community. People get very ill. They go to hospitals. They get treated for one thing, and then next you know you can have a secondary infection. So that's, that's very fair to say. Um, C. diff can last on a surface run for like 200 days. Wow. Okay. Okay. Um, is, is C. diff geographical or demographical or is it, is it, is it cyclical? Do we see it at certain times of the year? Is... So C. diff, there is no, it's any, anyone, anytime, anywhere. Um, you know, if there's more patients in the hospital during winter because they're sick, you, you can see a rise basically, in the C. diff patients from the hospital or the nursing homes. But there's, there's no, you know, absolutely no limitation to where C. diff can go and how it can develop. It's not limited. Okay. Okay. Um, thinking about this, what, what about other pathogens, um, MRSA and VRE and CRE? Are, are, are they as tough to kill as a C. diff, or is the C. diff a little bit harder because of the of the spore itself? Well, MRSA, as we, you know, we talked about C. diff can live on a surface for 200 days. MRSA can live on a surface for about 300 days. Um, C. diff is very hard to kill because it is a spore. MRSA is a bacteria, so that's kind of a little bit different than a spore. Um, but basically, it's kind of the same thing. If a MRSA is on a, on a surface, you can contract it from a patient who's infected with MRSA. You can, you know, basically get it off of a surface. As I said, it's 300 days. Um, the potential for these patients to develop MRSA is going in and out of hospitals is, is greater. Some hospitals right now, Ron, will swab a patient's nose to see if they're even high risk for MRSA so that they can plan ahead to possibly have a secondary infection when they're in the hospital. Okay, okay. Are we seeing more hospitals when someone comes in through the uh, emergency room also swabbing for C. diff? Yeah, mm-hmm, correct. Um, well, you okay. have to look, too, is when these patients are identified, Ron, they're going from ambulance to nursing home, and sometimes they're not even diagnosed yet. So you have a huge risk of transmission through those portals just because they haven't been diagnosed yet. Somebody has a GI upset, um, they're not feeling very well, they have a high fever, and you know, as I know, they have to rule out things in the emergency room, and there's probably a lot of people that have been around that patient and possibly infected that they don't even know about because it hasn't been diagnosed yet. Okay, okay. Well, hey, let's stay with uh, mode of transmission. Um, what are some of the different differences in the pathogens, and what are the various modes of transmission? So, uh, you know, how, how can we catch some of these things like, uh, you know, we, we talked about C. diff. What about some of the viruses and bacteria and, and some of these um, funguses that you're seeing now like CRs? Well, a virus needs a host. So it's kind of like the virus needs somebody so that it can grow and it can live. Bacteria can live on a surface for a long period of time. Um, and a spore, a spore can live in the dirt for about 10 years. There's contact, there's airborne, um, there's multiple ways that you can, you know, contract the flu, a sneeze. Look how far a sneeze can go in an airplane and then five people can get the flu, correct? So that's an airborne. Mm -hmm. There's contact which you touch a surface, um, there's multiple, multiple things where you can contract a bacteria or virus. It's interesting. I've seen a sneeze test before, and they said a sneeze can travel at the rate of 100 miles an hour. And like you said, those droplets um, traveling that quickly can go a, a fair distance as, as well. Right. And I think what we need to understand, too, is droplets become what? Surface as well. Right, Ron? So then you have airborne, you have droplet, you have surface, and how are we, you know, to protect ourselves from these things? Right, right. Hey, let's uh, talk a little bit about uh, um, the hierarchy of disinfection and um, who, who actually regulates some of the disinfectants that we have out there. 
And um, I guess this is a multi-part uh, question, but when you're looking at the hierarchy of disinfection, you know, what is a uh, 99% versus a 99.99%? How's all that fit in with sanitize, disinfect, sporicidal? What's, what's the difference um, in all those three? So I think we have to go over the defin- definition of what sanitize actually means. So when you sanitize, it's defined as reducing a microorganism. So that's one category. Disinfecting is defined as killing an organism. And then when you keep going down the hierarchy, a sanitized can be 99.99. A disinfectant can be 99 points and have four to six nines behind it. What that is considered is a log kill. So the more nines behind the, the decimal point, the more ability that you're going to be able to kill the microorganism, that there's not going to be anything left. Does that kind of um, make sense, Ron? So if we kill or if we sanitize and we have a 99.99, we still have microorganisms left. We're just reducing the number. If we disinfect with more nines, we're more able to kill microorganisms than leave, leave them behind. Absolutely, absolutely. So, so really, it's uh, some people will call it a log kill, which is based on logarithm, which is uh, is a million pathogens. So, if you have a ninety nine point nine 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 with six nines, um, that would actually be a sporicide, or according to the FDA, it would be sterilization. Right, and I think you have to look at sterilization is looked at by the FDA. It's all your instruments, it's ORs, it's those types of things. For disinfection and sanitizing, that's kind of on the EPA regulatory system. So um, it's quite a bit of difference. Okay, great. Well, we have to go to break right now. So Nancy is going to jump in and um, we'll be back in, in a few. Exactly. We'll be back after these messages. Thank you. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Join us on November 6th and 7th for the 7th Annual International C. diff Conference and Health Expo taking place at the Doubletree Westport Hotel in St. Louis, Missouri. To view the conference details and register online, visit the C. diff Foundation's website at cdifffoundation.org. Again, that's cdifffoundation.org. We look forward to meeting you in November. Rebiotics, a faring pharmaceuticals company, has set out to understand the connection between the microbiome and disease through clinical study and innovative science. Our clinical studies investigate the potential of the microbiome as a therapeutic option for patients with unmet medical needs. Our focus is currently on patients suffering from recurrent C. diff infection. Partnerships drive innovation in the growing field of microbiome technologies, and we're excited to continue to share our findings in the space. Visit Rebiotics.com, R-E-B-I-O-T-I-X.com. Have you done any of these things today? Exited a restroom? Entered and exited a patient's room? Visited a doctor's office? Have you done this today? Washed your hands? Hand washing remains the single most important task of the day. It takes soap, water, a minimum of 30 seconds, and a clean, dry towel to turn off faucets and dry hands to stop giving germs a free ride. Keep safe from germs worldwide. Hand washing, number one in infection prevention. For additional information on hand washing instructions, visit cdifffoundation.org. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to C. diff, spores, and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now, back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. 
And welcome back to the program, and we welcome our listeners joining us today. It is a pleasure to reintroduce our guest host, Ron Romano, and our special guest, Jennifer Ropke. And today, um, uh, Ron and Jen and I are here to discuss disinfection solutions from the community to hospital and beyond. So at this time, welcome back to the program, Jennifer and Ron. Thank you, Nancy. Hi, Nancy. <laughs> Hello, and right. thanks so much for both of you for being here today. It's our pleasure, our pleasure. Thank you. Um, okay, so Ron, I'm going to turn it over to you. All right, well, let's just jump right back in and, and um, talk a little bit about infection prevention. Um, we, hear, we know that in hospitals, they have formal infection prevention programs, and, and um, you have infection control practitioners that actually run those programs. Uh, so it's a little bit more of a formalized program uh, in, our, in our healthcare facilities. Um, does infection prevention exist outside of the, those facilities in our community? And, and, and how does that work, uh, Jen? So I think, too, when you look at this, you know, infection prevention, it's a scientific approach, a practical solution designed to prevent harmful, infectious, you know, pathogens. When you look at the approach, I think it is a social science and it needs to be outside the healthcare community. We do not see a lot of programs like that. Wouldn't you agree, Ron? We do not have a lot of programs that are developed for that. I would would definitely agree to that. Um, Yes. So if you look at basically what schools... Uh, daycare centers, city centers, police, um, you know, just basically a program that is used to prevent the infection in communities. We don't see a lot of those programs at all. It it needs to exist. I think we have to develop these programs um, because most of the pathogens and the infections that we see going into hospitals start in our community. Absolutely. So the community is really is really ground zero for uh, a lot of these uh, infections that we're seeing in our in our hospitals and in our nursing homes and assisted living. Correct. I mean, I think it all starts in the community. I think one person, for an example, um, and you can elaborate on this too, Ron, is a measles outbreak. You know, a measles outbreak can can happen anywhere, anytime. Um, somebody comes in on a plane, goes through an airport, there's multiple people exposed. Um, I know the CDC has protocols, and I know health departments have protocols, but I don't think on smaller city levels there is actually programs for that. So I think it's really good in the near future to speak of these things, and thanks for having us, Nancy, that I think our communities need to come up with programs just like hospitals do, um, big government, um, business, you know, CDCs or the health department. I think it's really important that we do that. Yes. Well, and I think it's a, a lot about education as well. Um, you know, there, I think there's a lot of misinformation um, that is out in our communities. And, and the first thing that uh, uh, I think people want to do is they want to go to Google and, um, you know, Google that. Um, and, you know, in a lot of ways, it's good to be able to get that type of information, but then there's also misinformation or misunderstanding of the information that's on there. So, um, you know, I know that in, in working into the, in the community, you know, education is a, is a big thing because people think just because we're spraying a, a, a surface disinfection down, that we're killing whatever's on there, but they don't realize that it has to stay down a certain period of time in order to work as well. Well, I think that is a really good point, Ron. I think people really think you wipe and it's gone, but I think we have to understand how disinfection works, and that's completely education. Um, If you spray something on a surface and it dries immediately, well, we know... Um, you and I know that sometimes some of these pathogens, it takes 10 minutes for them to be killed. So I think the awareness that needs to be done out in communities is enormous. 
And I think that if we do educate them and show them the proper way of disinfection, I think we could reduce a lot of these pathogens and, you know, keep our communities a little bit healthier. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely so. Um, you know, what are some of the places, some of the sites that you would think of um, in our community, whether they're, you know, restaurants or community centers, or what are some of the other places that, you know, you would recommend being cautious, especially around flu season because of the high probability of, of pathogens? Well, I think when you look at facilities, airports for sure, um, <clears throat> schools, daycare centers, um, you know, high public traffic areas. Um, I also think people need to understand that hand washing, and you'll probably agree to this, Nancy, is your number one defense. Everybody is so used to just using hand sanitizer. Well, we know the hand sanitizer doesn't kill a spore. Um, mm-hmm. You have to really look out for uh, closed-in areas, non-vented areas, um, just high-traffic public areas. Those are highly at risk. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and, you know, I, I don't know about you, but, uh, you know, being a nurse and being in infection control, I think we look at it a lot differently, like, you know, escalators, the little uh, handles going up an escalator or the bars that you hold on to on a bus or a train or something. And all of those areas, um, I agree that hand washing and the friction of hand washing is the most effective way to uh, to, to be able to disinfect your, your hands. Um, uh, what are, uh, let me see, um, what are the components of a successful infection prevention program, uh, you know, the most important components, if you would, and how can it be used in all environments out there, not just healthcare, but, or, but everywhere? So I think you have to look at the component. You have to look at your community. You have to look at an education plan. Like you said, education is number one. We talk to our children about not using water fountains. Um, during high flu season, taking your own, you know, bottle of water in, um, those types of things. Um, my husband and I are very, very set on that. Um, you know, waving hi to somebody instead of coming up and in touching people, kind of avoiding those types of things. So that's education one. I think um, another good component for a successful program is to basically have in place a treatment plan. You know, we are going to design this area to be disinfected at this time, and we're going to look at the plan and have it revisited every 90 days. Um, You have to look at the season that you're in as well. Is it flu season? Um, Basically, what's going on in the environment around you? Identify those factors. Um, If you are going into a senior living facility, you have to educate them on washing their hands for patients that could have C. diff. So you have to basically identify your environment, educate, and then come up with an actual treatment plan. Okay. All, all great points. Great points. What do you think about that phone out there? Is that, uh, you know, you're hearing more and more about uh, your, your phone is, is one of the most filthy things that you can have in your hands. What do you, what do you say about that? Oh, Ron, that is hysterical. It has to be because... Uh, Nancy, how many times a day do you put down your phone? Um, <laughs> you know, not very often. <laughs> you know, I, I, uh, you know, and it's really funny because you can't use soap and water. It's not something you can easily disinfect. So we are always talking about this. This is a great topic. Yeah, and could you imagine if you were able to? swab your phone and put in a petri dish like what could grow i think that's fabulous um and i think ron can talk about the treatments basically to help disinfect your phone there are so many options out there but there is one that works very very well so i'll let you answer that ron yeah there are there are a lot of different options and i think people you know will wipe them off but uh you know maybe with alcohol wipes and, and things like that but if you look at the phone providers they tell you not to you know just to use a um, microfiber cloth um so there are some safer ways to do that um one is a, a new product that we spoke about a little bit on another one of the um programs with Nancy um called the the UV box uh, the AUVS mm-hmm. UV box and that uses um, uses UV light, and it's very safe. So there are some great, great uh, other products out there to 
to disinfect those dirty, dirty phones. And doesn't it um, take like 55 seconds, Ron, to use a UV box? Yeah, it would take 55 seconds and it would be sporicidal. So it would kill C. diff spores. Yes. Um, amazing. So very, very effective. Uh, real quickly, because we're going into another um, another break here. Explain um, the uh, real quickly the Environmental Protection Agency and why they're the ones that regulate our disinfectants. Well, basically, they're going to test it and regulate it. Um, if you look at different levels of disinfection, the sanitizing, the disinfecting, they basically test and make sure that the claims are present. Um, for the EPA, for a C. diff treatment, the halo mm-hmm. seal mist and bleach, other you know varieties of bleach, are the only ones listed to uh, treat C. diff spores. So you can right. check the list of the products out on the EPA.gov, but it's very interesting, and we can get into the mist of the halo seal after the break, but it's very interesting what it's made of. Okay, fantastic. Okay. We just have a few seconds left for the break, and here's Nancy. (laughs) Yes, and here I'm back again. And I thank you, Jen and Ron, so much for discussing all these important matters and the topics here, uh, especially about infection prevention. And right now, we're going to pause for a commercial break. When we return, we'll be back to discussing disinfection solutions from community to hospital and beyond with Ron Romano and Jen Ropke. Thanks so much. We'll be right back. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. To help support the C. diff foundation, please visit our website, cdifffoundation.org forward slash donate or call toll free 1-844-4-C-DIFF. That's 1-844-367-2343. Join us in our fight against C. diff and help us continue our mission of educating and advocating for C. diff infection prevention, treatments, and environmental safety worldwide. Through your continued support, we can continue raising C. diff awareness and help save lives. Donate today. Visit cdifffoundation.org. Thank you. Rebiotics, a fairing pharmaceuticals company, has set out to understand the connection between the microbiome and disease through clinical study and innovative science. Our clinical studies investigate the potential of the microbiome as a therapeutic option for patients with unmet medical needs. Our focus is currently on patients suffering from recurrent C. diff infection. Partnerships drive innovation in the growing field of microbiome technologies, and we're excited to continue to share our findings in the space. Visit Rebiotics.com, R-E-B-I-O-T-I-X.com. The CDF Foundation offers global community support sessions. CDF can affect anyone at any age at any location in the world. Receive support from topic experts sharing information on nutrition, mental health, C. difficile prevention, treatments, and environmental safety. Get answers to your questions. You're not alone. Support is just a phone call or mouse click away. To register for a session, call the C. diff Foundation at 919-201-1512 or visit us on the web at cdifffoundation.org. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to C. diff spores and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome back to the program, and we welcome our listeners joining us today. It's a pleasure to reintroduce our guest host, Ron Romano, and our special guest, Jen Ropke. And they're both here to discuss disinfection solutions from the community to hospital and beyond. Welcome back to the program, Ron and Jen. Thank you, Nancy. You're welcome. You're welcome, Jen. Thank you, both of you, for taking time out of your busy schedules to be here with us today. And you both have provided um, our global listeners such 
amazing information today uh, between infection prevention and the hand washing and how to prevent, you know, all of these bacteria and viruses and the spores from lingering on. Um, And right now you're going to be moving in to discuss, uh, I think it's more like on a disinfection level. So I'm going to let you pick up, Ron, where you left off before break. How's that? That's great. That's great. Thank you, Nancy. And yeah, in this little part of our um, uh, talk with Jen, we want to talk a little bit more about treat and prevent. So, um, you know, obviously, once you have uh, an outbreak or you know you have a known um, pathogen, you know, how do you treat it? But, you know, more importantly, um, you know, how do you prevent these things from ever getting to that point? So that's what we're going to dig into now a little bit uh, more. Um, Jen, what are the various methods of disinfection, and how do you decide which one to use at, at which time? And so I to think take that a little bit further, uh, I'm sorry, um, to take that a little bit further, um, when is it necessary to use something that's sporicidal um, versus just plain old disinfection or sanitizing? So if you look at a patient that's returning with C. diff, I think it's really important that you develop a plan for this patient to come home. If a patient has C. diff and they want to come home, you need to treat the home. Um, C. diff has reoccurrence. It's continuous. It can go active or dormant. So when you get a disinfection plan for C. diff, you want to look at what is used for that. So that's how you decide on that disinfection plan. Um, Like we spoke about before on the break, The EPA has um, the disinfection, um, basically what you can use for C. diff to kill the spores, and it's really, really important when you look at that list that you look at the label as well. Um, So for me, to identify a patient with C. diff, I would use what we call a halo with a halo mist, and that's basically going to kill the spores. Um, If I have a call to possibly come out to a home with a patient who has a flu, I would treat that a little bit different as well. I would use a hypochlorous acid spray that we use at GFC and also basically lay a preventive barrier down, what we call Penetrex. So you really have to look at what you're treating and the area that you're treating. Okay. And I know a lot of people just use plain old bleach sometimes. Um, Why can't you just use bleach and, you know, dilute it a little bit? And what are your, you know, uh, know, is there safety concerns or, you know, can you dig into that a little bit for us? So there are safety concerns with bleach. And I think you really have to remember when you're disinfecting your home, you can't just what we call wipe and swipe. You have to leave it wet um, an ID or infectious disease, we talk about dwell time, that's leaving your disinfection on a surface for amount of time. Basically, you have to read the label because some labels will tell you it has to be 10 minutes. Bleach, and people will do um, what they do, the, the 1 to 10 for bleach, the list is on the EPA guidelines. You have to leave that material on the surface for 10 minutes. So, Nancy, you and I had a conversation about this, too, Bleach is is very toxic, and you can't put it on every surface because you do need to leave it for about 10 minutes. So you need to look into different options for that, and that's what we're discussing today. But you need Mm -hmm. to leave it on the surface for a long period of time to kill anything, especially in a home with C. diff patient. Exactly. Okay. Okay. And you you talked a little bit about uh, um, the spray and wipe or spray and swipe. Um, and we know, we all know a lot of times you're just moving, if you don't let it down long enough before wiping, you're just, you're just moving those, those pathogens around. Um, I heard one nurse refer to it one time as prey and wipe, um, which I thought was, was pretty interesting. Um, I'm sorry. Um, she called it prey and wipe, um, spray and wipe. Yeah. Um, so, so, you know, you hear a lot in the hospital dwell time and then there's wet time, but um, so is, what's the difference in the two or is there really a difference? So I think basically you want to leave your disinfectant on the surface for amount of time, for about 10 minutes. 
So some of it's going to evaporate. Some of it's going to um, dry up a little bit. But you can't just take a towel and wipe it dry as soon as you apply it. Um, we were talking about bleach and leaving bleach on surfaces and the toxicity of bleach. I mean, when you really think about it, if you leave bleach on a surface for a while, there's fumes. If there's patients with respiratory issues, there's all kinds of different problems with that. So I think you really have to look around and how long you can keep a bleach on a surface kind of depends on that surface. So there's basically a difference in dwell time and wet time, but I don't see you leaving bleach on a surface wet for 10 minutes. Do you, Ron? No, no. Bleach can be pretty, um, you know, oxidizing to a surface and and can really have some negative impacts on on any kind of surface that you'll leave it on. So, no, I would would not recommend that. Um, uh, And and soft surfaces, you know, we've talked a lot about disinfecting hard surfaces, but I know that there's also soft surfaces that we we need to disinfect as well. Um, are these products also able to be used on, on the soft surfaces? And, and, and uh, can you explain that a little bit more to us? So bleach, you really have to make sure that you can use bleach on soft surfaces. Um, when you're going to do the bed linens and um, you're looking at towels and those types of surfaces, pillows for C. diff patients, um, you really have to look at the bleach use. Um, also, too, you, you need to wear protective equipment when you're taking sheets off of a patient's bed with C. diff, when you're taking the towels um, to the laundry. Um, you have to be really careful. Bleach is not always the best option, but there are specific detergents out there listed on the EPA that you can use for soft surfaces. And always make sure that you wash your hands with soap and water whenever you're around any soft, hard surface or any patient. Um, that has C. diff, even when you bring them home. Um, you just have to be really cautious about those things. Okay. Okay. What, would you recommend um, in some cases, like with furniture, um, you know, if it's a stuffed couch or a chair, um, having a company come in to, to maybe steam clean those pieces? Um, because I know you had mentioned earlier the halo fog, which is a hydrogen peroxide fog, which is very effective. It's sporicidal, but I know that doesn't, um, that only gets to the soft surfaces it can reach. It doesn't get down into the weave and everything. Um, so would that be a good time to use something like uh, steam cleaning? Yeah, you can use steam cleaning or with our company, GSC, we bring a hypochlorous acid in and we use a, um, a sprayer, an ES backpack sprayer, and we apply a fine mist so that also helps with disinfection, and we do not use bleach, and our products are all natural. So that's better for everybody. There's no respiratory issue, no fumes, and we're not destroying anything, their couch or any of the soft surfaces they have in their home. Okay, okay, very good. And, and we all know that, you know, I know from experience myself, if, you know, if you're not feeling well, um, all of those, you know, you seem to have a real sensitivity to all of these smells like you know, a heavy bleach smell or something like that. So it almost does make you um, feel a little bit worse. Um, so let's let's sum all this up very quickly because we have a few minutes left in our in in this portion of our program. Um, if you have a, a a a person with C diff that's returning home from the hospital, um, tell me just very very um, uh, uh, succinctly, quickly, where, what would you do? What would you recommend? I would recommend having the home treated. Um, I would call a a company. There's multiple companies out there like mine that would come in and treat the home. You want to make sure that the biofilm's cleaned up, the carpets are clean. You want to make sure that um, when your C. diff patient comes home, they need to have their own bathroom around. They need to have their own set of towels. Um, You need to have protective equipment in the home if you want to use bleach on surfaces for the person that is cleaning. So you have to protect the patient and protect yourself at the same time. Okay, that that's great. That's great. And and in in just the the next say thirty seconds, tell me a little bit about PPE or personal protective equipment, um, and when to use it, and what are the most important pieces out of it. So personal protective equipment are are basically gloves, disposable gloves. Um, they sell them at, at the drugstore. They sell them just about anywhere else. If you're using bleach, 
Um, you know, it, it's really a, to come in good practice is to use basically a surgical mask that you can get at a drugstore. Um, if you're looking at getting a complete, you know, kind of contaminant type protective equipment, you can use a gown, a gloves, you can use the mask. That's all types of protective equipment. And you can get most all of those at a drugstore. Okay. Okay. That's, that's great because you want to keep, you have to care for the caregiver as well, right? So you want to make Correct. sure that you, mm-hmm. you care for them, take care of them. Okay, um, one, one last um, question in, in, in 30 seconds, if you could. Tell me about the different ways to apply these cleaners. We talked about fog, and then you talked about a little bit about electrostatic spraying, I believe. Um, what are the reasons why you would want to use those? The reason that you want to use a fogger is basically, you know, as we talked about, it's an EPA-approved mess for, for spores, right? So we mm-hmm. know that we're going to go in and kill those C. diff spores. Um, when we use our hypochlorous acid with the ES sprayer, it's a very fine mist. We can get into those nooks and crannies to where if you just wipe the surface of something, you're just wiping them and possibly pushing them around the corner. When you use an ES sprayer, we can reach those hard-to-reach places. We can do a total disinfection um, basically in your home for like, you know, 20 minutes. Um, we're not wiping and swiping as we've talked about so much. Okay, so a greater, greater chance of getting everything rather than maybe half of it. Correct. Okay, yeah, that's absolutely, that seems more effective. I know um, even for people that are coming home that have a low immune system because they've gone through chemotherapy or radiation or something like that, um, this is what you would want to do. You would want to make sure that you got as many of those pathogens that you could and then use a product, like you said, the Penetrex that could keep the, the, the bio load down. So that, that's great. That's great. You know, um, Nancy, I, was um, say, I think we're about ready for a break. Yep. Absolutely. Jen, I'm going to ask you just hold that thought until we return after these commercial messages. And thank you so much for the important information you've shared with us today. We'll be back after these messages. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Join us on November 6th and 7th for the 7th Annual International C. diff Conference and Health Expo taking place at the Doubletree Westport Hotel in St. Louis, Missouri. To view the conference details and register online, visit the C. diff Foundation's website at cdifffoundation.org. Again, that's cdifffoundation.org. We look forward to meeting you in November. The CDF Foundation offers global community support sessions. CDF can affect anyone at any age at any location in the world. Receive support from topic experts sharing information on nutrition, mental health, C. difficile prevention, treatments, and environmental safety. Get answers to your questions. You're not alone. Support is just a phone call or mouse click away. To register for a session, call the CDF Foundation at 919-201-1512 or visit us on the web at cdifffoundation.org. Rebiotics, a faring pharmaceuticals company, has set out to understand the connection between the microbiome and disease through clinical study and innovative science. Our clinical studies investigate the potential of the microbiome as a therapeutic option for patients with unmet medical needs. Our focus is currently on patients suffering from recurrent C. diff infection. Partnerships drive innovation in the growing field of microbiome technologies, and we're excited to continue to share our findings in the space. Visit Rebiotics.com, R-E-B-I-O-T-I-X.com. Have you done any of these things today? Exited a restroom? Entered and exited a patient's room? Visited a doctor's office? Have you done this today? Washed your hands? Hand washing remains the single most important task of the day. It takes soap, water, a minimum of 30 seconds, and a clean, dry towel to turn off faucets and dry hands to stop giving germs a free ride. Keep safe from germs worldwide. Hand washing, number one in infection prevention. For additional information on hand washing instructions, visit cdifffoundation.org. 
your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to C. diff, spores, and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now, back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome back to the program, everyone. And we are so happy to have you here today and joining us. And we'd like to take this opportunity again to welcome back our uh, special guest host, Ron Romano, with our special guest, Jen Robke. And they're here to discuss disinfection solutions from community to hospital and beyond. Welcome back to the program, Jen and Ron. Thank you, Nancy. Thanks, Nancy. You are welcome. Thank you both so much for being with us here today. And Jen, I am going to ask you and Ron, um, if you wouldn't mind, uh, number one, I know you have some closing comments before we end the program today. Uh, But if you wouldn't mind just reviewing, uh, take a few minutes and just review the key points that you've discussed so much today um, that you want our listeners to take away with them. Well, I think the most important is hand-washing, Nancy. Soap and water are your best defense. I think that is so, so important. Second is um, the caregiver has to have as much protection as the patient. If you're using bleach or any other toxic chemical to clean with, you really need to read the label and find out basically what you're using and how you can protect yourself using that. If you can get a total disinfection system, like our company provides, we can come in and treat in two different ways. We can spray your home, get the nooks and crannies, or we can fog your home for like a C. diff patient. Um, and then I'll let Ron add some more. Well, thank you, Jen. And those, uh, those are some real important ones. Um, you know, the only ones I would, uh, I would uh, add to that is really any kind of disinfectants that you use you want to make sure that they're EPA-registered and validated disinfectants, and you only want to use them uh, the way that the label says that you should use them. Um, I've seen many times where, you know, something is not indicated for a sprayer or for a fogger, but yet... Um, you know, someone might use that. Um, so you really want to make sure that you stick with the with the uh, instructions there. Also, safety-wise, uh, be very careful with the bleach and the bleach dilution, um, and make sure that whatever you use, you leave it on the surface long enough to really do its its job. Um, because just putting something down and then wiping it off. All we're really doing is moving those bacteria uh, around to a, to a different location. Um, the last thing I would say is make sure that you disinfect your, your mobile devices, your, your, your phones, um, your um, iPads, or whatever you use, because a lot of different people touching those, or sometimes people are in the restroom and, and playing with their phones, um, these are very dirty items. So be very careful with those. And then lastly, hand washing, as Jen and, and um, Nancy and I have said so many times, is, is the, the foundation to it all and the most important thing. Um, so I think that sums up really the key points when we're looking at any kind of uh, prevention treatment plan. Okay, and Jen and Ron, do you, either one of you um, have any closing comments before we close the program today? I, no, I just want to thank you, Nancy, and I think this is really important, and I think this is why I started my company, the germ-free company that we found here in Avon, is we wanted to get an infectious plan out to the community. Um, as a nurse, I, I understood the importance of that, and I saw, and I don't think anybody listening has ever been affected or not affected by some sort of infection in their family or community. So we formed the germ-free company because we want to bring solutions and hospital-grade disinfection to communities. And I think this is so important. Um, if you want to get more information, um, germfreecompany.com is our website. And it lists a lot of things, Nancy, that we talked about today. So thank you for having me. 
Thank you, Jen. It was a pleasure having you here today with us. And Ron, do you want to add any more closing comments before we sign off? You know, I just want to say one thing. I think companies like what Jen is doing are so important because um, what I've seen of the germ-free company, it's not about just coming out and cleaning uh, your home. It's about high-level enhanced disinfection. So they're going to make sure that your your home is 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 free from the pathogens. But the biggest part of that too is is the education portion that they do. Um, you never lose them. They they are always there to um, to help you out if you if you would call them. So. Um, I think that's so important to to all of us that are out there and feel like we have nowhere to turn. Um, so, thank you. Oh, no, Ron. Thank you so much. And right now, I just want to say thank you so much. You know, Ron, you've been a great guest host today. And Jen, you've been a wonderful special guest with us today. And we thank you for joining us on C. diff spores and more and are so grateful for your dedication in infection prevention and making a difference in global health. And at this time, the members of the CDF Foundation wish to acknowledge all of the organizations around the globe who are dedicated in improving health. The organizations and professionals are researching and developing new products, addressing C. difficile infection prevention treatments, and protecting the gut microbiome and addressing environmental safety worldwide. To learn more about C. difficile infection and recurrent C. diff infection clinical trials that are in progress, and how you and your loved ones may be able to take part in a clinical study, please visit the C. diff Foundation's website, www.cdifffoundation.org. Please help them to help you to help others. We thank Pfizer for being the diamond sponsor of the 7th Annual International C. diff Conference and Health Expo, being held in November 6th and 7th at the Doubletree Westport Hotel by Hilton in St. Louis, Missouri. We are grateful for the international keynote speakers joining us for the two-day conference and would like to also take this opportunity to thank the corporate sponsors and industry leaders in the C. diff community who are joining us for the two-day event. For more information and to register online, visit the C. diff Foundation's website. We look forward to learning more together with you in November. We send out our get well wishes to all the patients being treated and recovering from a C. diff infection and the many wellness-draining illnesses being combated across the globe. I'm your host, Nancy Corrala, with our reminder, none of us can do this alone. All of us can do this together. We wish you good health, good, good recovery, and a good day. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in this week for C. diff, spores, and more. Be sure to join your host, Nancy Kerala, again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 1 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of our program on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. None of us can do this alone. All of us can do this together. together.